Uh, I'm Malik. I'm a drug addict. Uh, thank, thank John for inviting me down here. I really didn't want to come down here today. Um, but uh, I've, today, today is not my best day. And uh, what my program involves is um, being of service to stay sober. It's, that's what I do. That's what I was taught to do. Um, and to stay sober, I just you know, take suggestion. Um, I was a sobriety or a clean date of 12, 12, 17. Um, <clears throat> I have a home group, the NOI men's group, uh, Monday nights in San Clemente. And I have a sponsor who knows he's my sponsor. Uh, Eric Holland's my sponsor. Um, I'm originally from South Carolina. Uh, first of all, pardon me, I'm bit, I've been trying to work on not talking as much here lately. I'm a talker, so it's going to be tough to try and talk for 30 minutes now. Um, but I'm originally from South Carolina. Um, uh, I was born in North Carolina, adopted when I was three. Uh, I was born with crack cocaine in my system, so I think spiritually and physically, you know, I was sort of born with this deal. Um, and I had my first drink of alcohol when I was 12 and I started getting high when I was 15 or a few months before I turned 15. Um, and, and from there, I mean, we, we all know how it is. I usually don't like to share too much about how it is. Um, you know, I will, I got to go for 30 minutes. I'll just, I'll just go for a while. So, um, like I said, uh, you know, when I was, so I was 14 and, you know, we smoked some weed for the first time, uh, on the beach, I had like a Sunny D bottle um, and with some of my boys. And, uh, you know, that was that was great and all. And then once we got back uh, to where we um, lived, um, there was just, you know, we started getting ripped off by by the senior kid, Rob Fernandez. You know, he'd like weigh the bag, you know, like he was on Instagram, you know, like 30 a gram or whatever. We didn't know what we were doing. And, um, when I, by the time I was 50, so, you know, that was when I was 14 and I remember on my 15th birthday, uh, we started getting drunk. And then before, uh, before the school year came around that summer, um, we were doing powder cocaine and Zans. Um, and you know, I'm just, a, I'm a garden variety drunk or garden variety addict. You know, I just do whatever I can get my hands on. Uh, I like, of course, I have my favorites, um, and my dislikes like John, but you know, whatever's available is available, you know? Um, and so, I barely graduated high school um, and I got into a, a pretty solid college just based off of a letter of recommendation from a family member. And, and I dropped out uh, like pretty quickly into the second semester. I moved to Denver, Colorado for school. And out there I started uh, just, I mean, you know, think about it, you're, you know, you're 18 years old. I was 18 years old and, and I get away from my, from my mom and um, I have this freedom. You know, I, I don't have to answer to anybody. No one's asking me where I am. Where were you last night? And I'll preface this, just, you know, continue with the theme of John share. Um, I did total car when I was, uh, when I was 16. And then again, when I was the summer before I went to college. And then again, when I got out of college, so I, I think you have me beat in the DUI department, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on the leaderboard uh, in my small town. Um, there's certainly are some people with a lot, you know, more DUIs than me, but anyway, got to college uh, and started living with some guys who didn't even go to school, <laughs> who weren't even students, you know, started sleeping on their couch. My rent was a rack of PBR a week and, uh, you know, started stealing ketamine and acid from one of my housemates and selling that uh, to the cops to people who were actually going to class. And um, I remember at the end of my second semester, sort of like, 
I didn't, I didn't tell my mom anything, actually. What happened was the dean called my mom. My mom came out and told me I couldn't live with her. She wasn't going to pay for me to stay out in Colorado. I couldn't live with her, so I better figure something out. And um, that sort of began probably one of the most miserable parts of my life. Uh, you know, toward the end in Colorado, I, like I have, there are some songs that bring back like these pretty like gnarly like emotions, like just like walking around at like 3 a.m. looking for somebody that will, you know, either give me something or like want to get high with me or just want anything to do with me, you know, because I, I, you know, relatively quick, I sort of pushed everybody away that like cared about me or, or you know, because I didn't care about myself, you know, and, and so I pushed all of them away. And um, so I moved to Tennessee and uh, did landscaping for a year and uh, I would work um, eight, 10 hours a day and get high at night and then wake up and do it again. And um, the only reason why I didn't get fired, I, I was not a good employee. Uh, the only reason why I didn't get fired was um, because my uncle owned the company. So uh, that, that there's that. And then, uh, but I ended up getting kicked out of my aunt's house um, because I'm, I'm a drug addict, right? So pretty much, pretty much what happened was I was just sort of disrespecting her, uh, you know, just taking shit out of her house. And trash and then she kicked me out and then moved back with my mom and um you know i grew up the woman who adopted me is i, I've, I had a wonderful upbringing you know i didn't i don't have um i've I mean, you know everybody has shit that happens to them growing up but I, I had a really good upbringing and so when i went back to south carolina i found myself hanging out with people i had no business hanging out with right like and, and i've and i've always sort of dressed like this so you catch me you know, in the projects with, you know, seven inch shorts and like loafers, you know, like just like sticking out like a sore thumb and uh, just, you know, up to no good, you know, uh, the only reason time I'd hit up my old friends would be to set them up so somebody else could, you know, take whatever they had. And that's, that's the kind of person that I was. Um, and one night, uh, September 5th of 2017, I ended up um, just getting my ass handed to me and I had to walk like, I hadn't been home in like a week and um, I walked like 1.8 miles home in the rain and I was crying and I wasn't crying because uh, I was sick and tired of being tired. I wasn't crying because um, I wanted to get sober. These are all answers that I gave in rehab, but you know, upon, you know, sort of further reflection, I was crying because I felt sorry for myself because there was no one else I could lie to. The reason why I'd been home is because I stole like $3,000 from my mom's company um, and she had confronted me about it. And so I left home didn't go home was just sleeping on it's so funny the nicknames we give people we talk uh we give people uh i was sleeping on t coop's uh couch right this kid tyler cooper and uh i'll sleep on his couch and uh they didn't want anything to do with me he's going to beat my ass you know and so i just felt sorry for myself and i came home and, and i don't know why i said what i said and i genuinely believe it was like a defined intervention but i looked at my mom at like you know god's hour and and i don't know what time it was and i said mom i need help you know and uh, fortunately for me, uh, you know, my mom has, a, you know, we have great insurance and so I went to rehab. Uh, I came out here to sober living. And, uh, you know, while I was in rehab, I didn't go to any AA meetings um, or any 12 step meetings. I think I went to one, but, you know, I, I fell in love in detox and I, was, <laughs> and, and I went there to, uh, 
to because I was like, oh, I thought this chick would want to hook up with me in the bathroom at the Alano Club, right? So <laughs> did not happen, by the way. And of course, I think she, I think she actually wanted to recover. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but yeah, so I like I had no interest in this twelve step deal. You know, I thought my problem, I, I didn't think I had a problem with any specific substance. I thought I just had to get right, and um, then I go back home and sort of, you know. I didn't have a plan, you know, but they, you know, they told me I could come out to California for free. And so I came out here to an IOP program. Um, while I was in rehab in Michigan, how much time do I have? Sweet, sweet. While I was in rehab in Michigan, uh, ran into some Carolina boys. So we sort of stuck together and, you know, they were pretty treatment savvy. They knew they were doing real charismatic boys. Um, and so I came out here with them and, uh, you know, we're sitting in our in our phase one house and you know they're eating handfuls of their gabapentin right and they're you know there's they're snorting their well-butin right and they're they're getting ready to line up some uh human growth hormone and get on that swole bride right go hit the gym right <laughs> and you know, these are just you know some real cool kids and stuff and you know i'm like i'm a follower you know and i didn't realize at the time but I'm, I'm that's why i'm a follower and so excuse me so uh one day uh i went downstairs for a smoke and this kid was in the back porch and he said i'm gonna go out and drink tonight so you're gonna go out and drink tonight and he said yeah can you smell it on me and he was drinking in the house right and so um and long story short they ended up getting kicked out there was one other guy in the house and i relapsed in the house um and uh you know at that moment i, I had a i come to a crossroads in my, in my recovery right like here i am with zero days full of guilt and shame I went to rehab. I've been in an IOP program for like 30 days. Why can't I get this? You know, like, like, what's the deal? Like what's going, what's wrong with, you know, like, does this not work? You know? And, you know, what it, what it was, was that just taking drugs out of my system does not make me better. It does not make me better. It doesn't fix me. Right. Because, um, the, those are my, that was my solution for the longest time. Right. I've this, they talk about having a God sized hole in my heart and, and, and I fully believe that, you know, and, I don't know how to live life. That's, that's how I lived life. I, I shared last night at another meeting. Like I didn't, I don't need a trigger to get high. You know, I, that's just what I do. You know, I wake up and I begin hunting for the next high just to get through the next day to the next day. I'll lie to, I'll lie to anybody I have to, I'll set anybody up, you know, I'll do whatever dirty shit I have to do. I'll fuck whoever I need to over just so I can fucking get right that day. That's, that's, and that's without a trigger, whether it's a good day, bad day, whatever, that's what I do. And so when you take that lifestyle away from me, I don't know how to live. Right. And that's why that's how I found myself feeling honestly shittier in sober living than I did when I was in Tennessee. And um, I had an option. There were two other guys in my house and they looked at me and they said, look, do you like you have like you have an opportunity here to either go or grow, you know. And so they, they took me to a, a speaker meeting. Um, and they, they got me plugged into a fellowship outside of my treatment center. If you're here and you're in a, it, I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but if you're in a treatment center, like raise your hand, rehab, I have sweet. Awesome. Um, I mean, you're in the right place. I, I think, I think that if you have the resources to be able to go to one of those places, take advantage of it. Fuck any old timer who says you don't need rehab. Um, rehab will get you sober. won't keep you sober. This is where I stay sober. You know, this is where I've stayed sober for the past, uh, three, uh, three and a half years. Um, but I, the, the best piece of advice I could give the best thing that I did for my own recovery was to get plugged into a group outside of my treatment center, because 
that's that's where I met John. Um, John didn't get, I didn't get, I didn't go to rehab with John. I met him outside of that. And of all the guys I went through treatment with in Michigan, uh, one of them sober has the same sobriety date today. Um, and so I, that's, that's just how it goes, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess, I guess I'll just talk about what it was like once I started working a fucking program. Right. So I start working a program. Um, I get a sponsor, uh, Toby from NOI. And uh, I started going to his house and working steps. And um, the biggest hurdle that I had was this whole God thing. I knew it was this whole God thing. That second step was just gnarly to me because, you know, um, I, I have a, this case of terminal uniqueness, right? Like, I, I think that I think that my I'm so different that none of y'all know what it's like to be me or, or see the world through my through my lenses or anything like that. And um, so I don't think that the God thing, the way it's written in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous would work for me. It, it, it just, you know, it, I, I refused to, to even, you know, consider it. And so Toby gave me another book, uh, called a new pair of glasses. And I read that and that, that changed my perspective. Um, and so we started, we started working steps. And when I was five months sober, my father died, um, back in, uh, North Carolina and, you know, I got that phone call and, you know, the first thing I did was I called my sponsor, right? And he told me that, you know, you know, pray and, you know, all this stuff, um, pray, meditate on it, um, call your family um, and bring the love that, that, you know, from the 12, from this, from these rooms to your family, right? And then that was on a Friday. So a couple of days passed. I go to my home group and I share about it and I share that I don't think I can go back home and, you know, go through all those things and, you know, do what you're supposed to do. Um, when someone dots, there's a lot involved and, and I don't think I could bring myself to do it. And this old timer, uh, raised his hand, cross talked. And, uh, he said, he told me, stop being selfish. You know, he said, he said, if you think you're the only one hurt, you're wrong, you know? You know, you have a whole family out there. You know, there's a, there's a mother, there's a father, there's siblings, there's cousins, and there's other kids that are that are hurt just like you. Show up and be of service. If you want to stay sober through this, show up and be of service. And that's what I did. And that was honestly one of the most beautiful experiences I've had in recovery was showing up to my father's funeral and being able to be of service um, to 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 his family. Um, and I and, and and I got through that. And you know, when I was out there, um, I have a brother who's one of us who I thought was sober at the time. And I, I don't know if he relapsed before our father died or if he relapsed because our father died, but he relapsed and, um, man, it's just gnarly watching someone go through this. I'm sure y'all have all seen it. Um, anyway, um, that's sort of something I'm going through right now. Right. Uh, I told y'all I wouldn't have too good of a day today. We had to put my dog down today. Um, she's 15, 16 years old, uh, pit bull boxer mix. And, um, you know, what I did today to stay sober was I woke up, uh, I read 60 to 63. Uh, I know some people read On Awakening. Um, I usually just, whichever one I'm in the mood for, I read The Daily Reflection this morning. Um, and I cleaned the house because, you know, I like to leave a mess behind myself. And my fiance doesn't like that. So I figured I'd do something for somebody else and clean up, you know, clean the house. And then I did something for myself. I went down to the bookstore and I got some books, you know, and then I came down to, to a new meeting here today. 
actually someone last night spoke at length with a newcomer from a meeting last night, you know, uh, more service, you know. Now, I'm not saying these things to gas myself up and letting y'all know that, like, when shit happens, like, stay sober. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned through my sobriety. My, not the biggest thing that I've learned, but probably the biggest perception change that I've had is that just because I get sober, like, getting sober is learning how to live life, right? Like, just because I get sober doesn't mean that life doesn't stop happening. You know, I've been fired and so I've been unemployed and homeless in sobriety before. You know, I was sleeping out of my car at a certain point in time, but I didn't get loaded, right? I just kept coming to meetings, kept staying sober. And, you know, the, at that time, you know, I didn't have the strongest connection with my higher power, but I knew that I wasn't him. You know, I knew I wasn't him and, and I stuck through it. And, you know, here I am now with a beautiful life. You know, I could list off all the material things. Um, but, you know, those, those come and go. What doesn't, what doesn't, you know, the, I'm engaged right now. i have wonderful fellowship and real friends, you know, all, all my groomsmen, excluding my brother, uh, I met out here. Um, you know, uh, what I'm employable, you know, I got, I got promoted like a year and a half ago at my job and I cried like a bitch in front of my boss because I've never been promoted day in my life. You know, <laughs> you know, the, the year before I got sober, I went through six jobs, you know, and so these are all small things. And now, like, I'm able to, you know, I'm, I want to start a family. So I'm going to re I'm taking real estate courses and I want to become a real estate agent, be able to support a family. And these are all things that, like, literally when they said, like, things beyond your wildest dreams, like, and I know this sounds so corny because I sat in an AA meeting with, like, 90 days, heard someone say, my life is beyond my wildest dreams. And I was like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> but it really is. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I have a pretty dope life. Like, if you told me when I was when I was 15, when I, after I ate my first Zan, if you told me, hey, Malik, in your mid-20s, you're going to have, you're going to be engaged, have a home that is your own, a dog, I have another dog who's not dead. <laughs> a dog, you know, two cars, a great relationship with your mom. You're going to, um, you know, have friends that will help you at the drop of a pin. You know, you're going to live in California. You know, I, I wouldn't believe it. You know, I really wouldn't. And, and that's, that's where my life is today. And to be honest with you, like, if you ask me, where am I going to be in five years? I could tell you where I want to be, but that that's really irrelevant because like, just like my own experience has shown me what I think really like just doesn't matter. You know, as long as I keep doing what's right in front of me, everything else happens, you know? Um, something that just hit me, uh, I'll share a quick uh, story. Nothing quick about 30 minutes, right? Um, but I remember I, was, I took my, I was taking my two-year chip down there at the Tuesday night bonfire meeting and I got a call from my boy, a uh, gentleman named Rob. And the last time I saw Rob was like a week before I got sober. He was one of my be best friends out getting loaded. And the last time I saw him, I had beef with him and I'd met a friend of a friend and made this friend of a friend fight my best friend, left him bloody in a parking lot over like $20, right? Last time I saw my best friend, right? And so um, I get this call from, from Rob and I was like, what the fuck? So I like, hey man, what's going on? It's been two years. He's like, man, not much. What are you going to tell us? I'm just down here at the beach. I said, what's good? He's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm about to get off work right now. I said, oh, where, where are you working? He's like, oh, I'm working at Publix. Those were where we were working two years prior. What are you doing down there, bro? I'm still going to slice meat down. And there's nothing wrong with any profession. What I'm saying is you're doing the same deal, right? Still slice meat down at the deli. Oh, word, word. What are you about to do when you get off? I'm about to go cop, the, cop from the plug. Oh, word, where are you about to cop from? Gavin. 
Oh, where are you staying right now? Staying in my mom's house. Here he is two years later, right? Doing literally the exact same thing on a Tuesday night that we were doing two years prior, right? And I just, and you know, the rest of the conversation was full of the same conversations we had two years prior. Oh man, I'm gonna go to Clemson or I'm gonna go get my wellness certificate. I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my own house. I'm gonna get some land. I'm gonna go do it. And it's, these are conversations we'd have every night, right? At work, after work, whatever. But he's still living the same life two years later. And I realized that was me, right? Like I thought that that life that we lived was so chaotic. I, I remember when I got sober, I remember there was like a length after like, I was at like six months and I was like, man, this shit's boring as fuck. Like I don't do anything but go to work, go to meetings, come home. Yeah. And so I was like, man, it's just boring as fuck. But really, it's like it, life for normal people is a marathon. You know, like normal people aren't like getting someone to fight their best friend because they're too much of a pussy to do it in a parking lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's 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 gnarly. Like, I can look back on my on my sobriety and in that moment. I did. I look back over the previous two years and I could see a significant difference in these six month chunks, you know. And it's like, while I'm in it, it doesn't feel like I'm doing much. Like today, outside of today, today I took uh, today off uh, for my dog, but on a normal day, I go to work, I get off work, I go to a meeting, I come home, you know, I maybe call John or, you know, hit somebody up. I go to bed, I do it all over again on the weekend. You know, John and I went to the gun store the other day and, you know, got, you know, got some, some ammunition for myself, go home, go to sleep wake up go to a meeting you know same thing it feels like i'm doing the same thing over and over and over again but really what i'm doing is is i'm building a foundation for my life i'm doing what's right in front of me i'm making the next right decision and that may not always be the case a lot of times i do make i do take my will back you know but today i'm able to see that and like sort of recognize that you know and that's i think that's one of the beautiful things of sobriety is you know my my perception on life has changed and i know i've mentioned like my perception on life multiple times and really what I mean by that is I say that because, you know, I have such a hard time saying, oh, I've had a spiritual awakening. I have such a hard time saying that because I've never been struck with lightning um, in my past three and a half years. Some people have. I, I haven't, you know, and and but I the way that a spiritual experience is described in the big book, you know, I'm you know, I'm, I'm of the educational variety it's slowly over time, right? My perception has slowly changed over time. When I walk into a gas station, I don't think to myself, what's the, what's the most amount of shit I can get in here and run? You know what I'm saying? That's not, that's not my first thought. Or when I meet someone new at a meeting, I'm like, damn, I don't think to myself, damn, like we could definitely rob this fool. Like, I don't think like that anymore. You know, like my, my, I feel, I just feel like a completely different person, you know? And I think there's, there used to be a sign in here that said something about like, I think it's that one over there. I used to read that like all the time and it pretty much, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Liam, but it says something about I, I had to change myself or nothing would change. Is that, is that what it said? Something like that. Exactly. And I couldn't change the man I was. That's, that's the crazy thing is I can't. Like that's why I got loaded in sober living, you know? Um, it's one of those things where I just have to ask my way into right thought and, 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 and it'll happen. It'll, it'll come into fruition. Um, one of my favorite things, two things that are, that I think that are overlooked in the chapter five reading, um, step 12, 
a lot of people read it and they say, uh, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, right? And it, the, the verbiage says, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, right? Like as the sole result of these steps, or like I work these steps, I'm not promised all these material things that I have in my life. I'm not promised a relationship with my mom because I can't control whether or not my mom fucks with me. You know what I'm saying? Working these steps gives me a spiritual experience, which in that appendix too, for me personally, is of the educational variety. My perception on life changes. And with that perception comes a whole different life around me, you know? Um, and then there at the end of the chapter five reading says that God could and what if he were sought. If anyone in here is struggling um, with step two, the God thing like I did, um, you know, something that I realized was that I don't have to know everything about my God. I don't even have to be able to describe what he, she, they, it is. You know, I just, the act of seeking for me that God could and would if he were sought, the act of seeking for me is enough, right? And, and the way that I seek is, um, for me personally, is through prayer, service, and meditation. That's, that's just what I do. Um, I'll shut up. I think I'm coming down to the end of my share here. I'm at like 25 minutes. Um, I apologize if my share wasn't very linear, sort of bounced around a little bit, but I'm certainly happy to be down here. So thanks for letting me share.